Hello everybody, welcome to Raw Talk on the Road. I'm your host Jeremy. The only time is right now. So thank you for using your right now by being here with me. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Raw Talk on the Road. I am so pumped up for this episode. We have my friend Jordan Wagner on the show. Listen, during the episode, I introduce him as a plant-based chef, but he is so much more than that. The guy is an encyclopedia when it comes to optimizing your health. We talk superfoods, cacao, organic versus non-organic, how to source the best produce and meat, and so much more. And as a part of his business, Jordan helps facilitate retreats with his cooking and truly brings the love and healing along with it. The man is truly a pro and it's been a blessing to break bread with him and his family. Now, buckle up and bust out your pen and pad because you're going to want to take some notes. So, let's dive in. Here is Jordan. Enjoy. This is my third live show on Raw Talk on the Road, so that's exciting. Lucky number three, Jordan. He's a plant-based chef, and uh, yeah, Jordan, so happy to have you here, man. Grateful to be here, Jeremy. I, I love your podcast and everything you're doing, man. It's 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 a big honor. Yeah, happy to have you here, and like we were just kind of like reminiscing how we like led to this moment, right? So Jordan and I met, it's actually kind of a cool story. Our mutual friend, Joey House, he is a, a Wim Hof breath instructor. Yes. And Joey and I actually got connected on Instagram. It was kind of like a funny event how that happened in and of itself. I've been meaning to get to one of his workshops because he was actually one of my first guests on the show. Joey was. Love that one. Yeah. And he mentioned that he was going to be in Temecula. So we're down in San Diego, for those that don't know. And he mentioned he was going to be in uh, Marietta, to be exact. So I bought tickets to go to that. And then like a day later, (laughs) he said that he was going to be in San Diego. For just breathe and reconnect which we'll talk about in a second it's a community we have here and I was like all right I'm gonna go to both why not right and then lo and behold I went to this event I've met so many amazing people Jordan being one of them and yeah it's been such a cool like series of events that led us to this moment so yeah happy to be here yeah man breathe and reconnect meeting you was really special and you know just that event is positive bringing people together during challenging times the community really special connecting with you and I really cherish and honor this friendship we're building absolutely dude and I was just thinking about that too because you know moving to another state more or less on your own can be a challenge you know even for someone as extroverted as me (laughs) and uh yeah I was just thinking about like man I'm lucky to have this community and it's you know you've invited me into your home on several occasions uh you know for dinner and it's just it's it's really cool what what is what this is turning into and uh yeah I'm, I'm just excited to chat with you today and yeah breathe and reconnect let's talk about that for a second like how cool that is it's it's like a cool like meeting of the minds here right yeah it really is i uh went to my first breathe and reconnect which is a monthly community gathering i did that one about a year ago and at first i was just there you know to connect with the community and fran who is one of my dear brothers uh gave me the option to serve cacao there and serve some of my medicine so it's been really special 
being able to serve ceremonial cacao to the community. I do all different blends and put different holistic things like mushrooms, uh, different superfoods in there and really make some great cacaos. Yeah, I was going to say the cacao is going to be something we're touching on today, but I like as far as the pedestal for cacao, like you have raised the bar like for cacao for me, man. I've tried other people's doesn't even hold a candle to what you do. So you have you have a, the talent for creating that. Yeah, thank you, man. It's I really think that the highest quality ceremonial grade cacao is really a great base to work with. So I'm just letting the medicine flow through me at that point and I love doing different combinations like banana cacao, different things there, like a vanilla cashew cacao. So I'm always looking for new ideas and it's just such a great opportunity to get creative there. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about your process, like as far as the of creating it and yeah, generally, so I think most people would find value in it being prepared for a single serving. And generally, that's going to be about 16 ounces of water, two cups of warm water. You don't want it to be too hot because you don't want to um, deactivate any of the nutrients in the cacao or the superfoods you're using, such as mushrooms. So I'm going to have that warm water and I'm going to drop in usually about an ounce is a ceremonial amount. If you really want to go really deep, 1.8 ounces is going to be what you're looking for. And uh, from there, I like to put things like maple syrup, coconut butter, superfoods I like to put in there are maca roots, um, mushroom powder, um, a little bit of ashwagandha is nice. And putting things like vanilla extract really take it to the next level. You can put fresh banana puree. And once you get that sweetness, a little sea salt is nice as well. You're just mm. going to froth that up with a coffee frother or an immersion blender. And you get a nice smooth cacao once that's all kind of melted in there for a few minutes. Wow. Okay. So you said something interesting. I've been... So I, I started taking the mushrooms that you provided for me. at one yeah. of those, uh, the ultimate mushrooms. Live ultimate, yeah. Yeah. Th those are legit. And so I've been using boiled water. No good? I would say if you're going to boil water, you want it to be before it boils. So you're looking for like hot to the touch, warm to the touch at the most. Um, you don't want it to the point where it's scalding just because you've got to think a lot of these nutrients are in their raw form. Right. Such as some of the mushrooms or such a, you know, maybe ashwagandha root. And uh, you can lessen the effect of those things by scorching them. Okay, and this he's talking to a guy who was a former raw foodist and how I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> okay. Not going to kill you. You just want these things to be at their right. highest vibration and potency. That makes a lot of sense. All right, good to know. Um, what, how does that apply to tea, though? So tea, um, you know, it depends what type of tea you're working with. When I think of tea, I think wanting to steep out and extract the nutrients. Mm. So what I like to do, say I'm doing a big tea from my garden, which I do often, lavender, rosemary, all those things, I'll simply get the water to a boil or a high simmer, turn it off, let it steep all day. So it's not constantly being boiled at this high heat. I get it to the point it needs to, and then I just let it sit and do its thing and extract. And the other variation, which a lot of truly raw food people would do, is probably a sun tea, where you simply put everything out in water in the sun. Mm. So I've done that camping, such as dandelion root tea or dandelion flower, and you just let it sit in the sun. And 24 hours later, you've got an amazing dark colored tea, and you just strain it out, and it's a sun tea. 
Interesting. Okay. Some little gems there. Nice. Yeah, because as we were talking, I'm like, I never really thought about tea because I'm a big fan of tea now. Tea, I've been doing a lot of honey. I was off honey for a while, but now I'm back on that. Uh, the, the acacia honey, actually, is the stuff I've been using. And I, I, it's, you know, I find it soothing. Yeah, brother. Honey is, you know, not a whole bunch of knowledge about how much of a superfood it is. You can literally say there's a food shortage or anything like that you could survive on honey alone so i'm uh talking to a company right now that i really believe in and i'm going to be probably uh placing a hundred pound order wow just to uh be stocked up and personal use like i really go hard on the honey so good quality glyphosate pesticide free honey i use uh heavenly organics i've been talking to them and they test their honey and um it's pretty pretty good quality okay all right, good to know. Yeah, like, what's not to like about honey, right? <laughs> if you look in nature, there's a reason why the bears are going after it and will risk their life to, you know, go harvest the honey. They'll get stung by lots of bees. It's, it's showing you right there that that is something that's a prized possession. And I was reading something about that where, like, they have found jars of honey that are, like, thousands of years old or something crazy. Wow. Like, in, like, pyramids or Some something. Some of the cultures. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> that I read that somewhere, like, intact. Like, yeah. it was still good, which is fascinating. Um, I was talking to, like, a friend of mine who's a, who's a vegan. He, he doesn't do the honey. Yes. And I, I was curious about that. The way he put it is like these honeybee farms, they're, they're basically taking advantage of that. What's the angle there? Do you know? Yeah, so there could be an angle, angle like that with most things. The way I see it, and I can see that perspective as well, is some farms I'm sure are doing that, especially if you're going with a company that's not ethical. But if you do your research and um, you find something that's ethical, you contact them and ask them about their process, almost interview them and you find it's in alignment, it can actually be benefiting, um, you know, the earth, the planet at times, such as, you know, raw milk. If you're getting it from a really ethical farm, such as Raw Farm, which is what I use, mm -hmm. uh, they are rebuilding the pastures. They are making the soil higher quality. These cows are pasture grazing, and you're simply just getting the milk from them in the most ethical way. So I think it's really about doing your research and finding a company that's really doing it right because there's going to be a lot who aren't, that's for sure. You brought up a good point. What are some questions you would ask like when you call in to maybe maybe to learn about the supplement process, to learn about, you know, yeah, yeah. what are some questions you would ask them? So let's start with a company that I am a superfood rep for called Live Ultimate. Um, luckily, most of this, they actually just put on their website for the public to see, but first thing... I'd want to check off the box that it's organic, maybe certified glyphosate free or gluten free. And then from there, I would want to know, is this product third party tested? Does this contain high amounts of heavy metals that are actually going to end up doing more harm than benefit from my body? So a third party test that shows that it's low in mold, low in heavy metals, different harmful residues, that's going to be what I'm looking for. And then you know, maybe their process as far as where they're sourcing this stuff from. Is it USA versus China? Obviously, I'm going to want to support the local economy and sure. I'm going to want something that has better air quality, which would be the USA, of course. So those are all different things I'd look into. And then just the quality and freshness of the supplement. So, for example, with mushrooms, let's give 
mushrooms an example. So the mushroom powder I use with Live Ultimate is a uh, mushroom extract that's grown on wood logs mm. rather than most of the stuff you're going to get in this industry such right. as on or ohm. And uh, those are going to be mushrooms that are grown on um, brown rice or oats. So they are actually going to be changed from beta-glucans, which is the natural form of the mushroom extracts grown on wood logs, to alpha-glucans, which is a sugary starch. So you're totally getting a different medicinal product doing things with those shortcuts. So those are all just things really important to know um, with mushrooms and supplements in general. I specifically re- remember you saying that during, uh, before or prior to cacao ceremony at one of our events that, uh, talking about growing mushrooms on wood versus oats and rice. Oats and rice. Yeah. yeah. Which are substrates. And the other challenging thing is a lot of the time these companies will just blend up the mycelium network rather than the mushroom fruiting body. So think about what the mushrooms are grown in and the mycelium versus a mushroom sprouting off the top. Obviously the mushroom is gonna be what you want. So you wanna find a company that is using 100% mushroom fruiting bodies. A lot of times it will be the mycelium network, which really isn't even always mushrooms. Mm, Okay, all right. So now what would you ask, I guess, for the farm example, for like if you wanna pursue raw dairy, like what would you, what are some questions you would ask that farm? Yeah, to start with, I would ask if these these cows are pasture-raised, are they actually eating grass? If there's not grass available during the winter, what are they eating? Are they eating, you know, corn and oats, which is unnatural for a cow and can actually cause a lot of issues because they're meant to eat grass and greens. So I would start by asking that, are they eating primarily grass or all grass? You want to watch out for cows that are being supplemented with corn and stuff like that, especially if you're going to be going the route of eating them. So it really changes things up. So is this a truly grass-fed farm? Is this replenishing the soil? Are these animals being harmed? And another thing is if you're having raw dairy, you know, this farm, raw farm, actually tests their dairy to make sure it's clean, no sick animals. You know, when you've got a good farm, there's never going to be sick animals but just testing bacteria levels is good because if you don't have the strongest gut microbiome, some of the raw products, if it's not from the most ethical farm, can disrupt the stomach and maybe cause a little bit of sickness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been hearing a lot about just like in the in this sort of community about grazing, about having the, 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 the cows and the, the livestock kind of roaming around on the land and the importance of that. Like, what, Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I definitely do, especially as a chef, I can really see this connection. So, you know, our modern farming methods are really challenging because they are uh, destroying the soil in a lot of ways. Um, That wouldn't include if stuff like permaculture is amazing and uh, certain methods like that are just great for the land. But uh, as far as rebuilding the soil, you know, the cows grazing and dropping their manure on the ground, that just does amazing things for rebuilding it. You know, they're stepping in it. You have to think they're moving all that around. Um, They're managing the pastures and it's just great for the soil. You know, they're moving the soil with their feet. All of that's just great for rebuilding. So I'm a big fan of, you know, the raw dairy and stuff like that. If the cows are 
you know, having enough space, living a good life and um, being respected like like they do in India. You know, the cow is very sacred in India. So that's what I like to use as a good compass of, you know, is this cow having a good life? Is it being respected and cherished? Mm hmm. And uh, let me ask you, and thanks for sharing, by the way. Let me ask you, so you were vegan for quite some time, right? Now, how has the addition of raw dairy been for you? Yeah, so if we had to put a label on it, you would say I'm vegetarian. and um, We don't like labels, sorry. Yes, we don't need to have them. We're all just doing our best. Plant but, rich, yes. plant rich. That's what I like to say, I'm plant rich. Plant rich, brother. <laughs> yeah, the raw dairy has been great, you know, uh, being able to have the butters, the cheeses, all of that, and knowing it's from a really good ethical source. Um, that's really helped me get vitamin A, which is really important. Things like vitamin K, vitamin E, uh, really great things for the body that most of us are deficient in. And I want to put that disclaimer out there. If you're having dairy, it's really important. It's raw. I think it's important to talk about why, uh, because I don't touch any dairy that's pasteurized. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, the raw dairy is really great for the body because if you think about it, when dairy gets pasteurized, gets heated to about 200 degrees, all the nutrients get killed off, and then at that point, there's no vitamins left. So they're gonna be putting synthetic vitamins in there, which really mess up your balances of nutrients coming in, because it's not the correct ratios, and it's not real, it's synthetic. So uh, when you do the raw milk, or raw dairy, you're getting a uh, product that is very nutrient-rich. It has all your vitamins in the correct amounts, and it's actually alkaline for the body rather than acidic because uh, the milk becomes acidic when it's pasteurized. And uh, at that point, that's where you see a lot of things like lactose intolerant, I can't handle milk. A lot of people will go right. to the raw milk and those issues do not exist. Mm-hmm. And that, that applies to like juices, that applies to a, a lot of things like yes. that as far as pasteurizing. And I always tell people like, if you're gonna buy juice, Make sure it's cold pressed, freshly made. We want it to expire in days, not weeks or months. I mean, you see some of these juices that are like three, five, even a year out. It's like, what? That's oh, terrible, you know? Um, so pasteurizing kills, pretty much renders it empty calories and useless and actually harmful. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And you wouldn't think so many things get pasteurized, but it's really a thing the food industry does to increase shelf life and make things easier on their end. But as consumers, we're left with nuts that are pasteurized, so they're not truly raw. We're left with maple syrup, for example, up there with honey as one of the most beneficial things. If it's truly raw and tapped from the tree, we're left with something that's just not the same. Honey, a lot of times, gets pasteurized. So Really? Yeah, we're just going to want to be looking for, for truly raw, and farmer's markets are a great source for that, or local store like we have here, People's Organic Market, which is just amazing. Sprouts has a lot of that good stuff. We've mm. got some good resources here. I never really think about honey being. Why would someone pasteurize honey? <laughs> right. Just makes it simpler as far as transporting it and preventing any bacteria getting in there, anything like that when it's harvested. Right. I guess that makes sense. Um, and you touched on something earlier. For those, for people that don't know, what is permaculture? Yeah. So permaculture, uh, to my greatest understanding, is working with the land and uh, building a harmonized growing environment that is not just rows of corn, for example. You're having um, different trees, 
different growing vegetables, different cover crops, everything is working in harmony to grow the most beneficial plants and have the healthiest soil. So it's really having a biodiverse farm where right. there's all different things growing and everything is in harmony working with each other supporting each other yeah now I was, it's interesting you brought that up because i was talking to i was working a, a couple vineyards and a tulip farm up in oregon for um about seven months and i was asking um one of the head farmer i don't know if there's a title for that <laughs> uh one of the owners i was like so is your are your crops organic and I'm sure like these farmers probably get that question all the time, right? And he was like, no, they're not. And I, he was, then he started to elaborate on that. And he was like, well, think about like this. Nowhere in nature are you going to see 40 acres of one crop. You know, it's unnatural. So with permaculture, it seems like it would be more natural. It's more, more diverse, right? Like there's different... There's, there's herbs, there's trees, there's like different sort of protective, uh, you know, vegetation around, you know, and then you have animals roaming around it. So that's more natural. Therefore, the crops are going to be, I don't know if you could call them crops then, but the food that yields is going to be better and more healthy and more, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. If you have healthy soil, there is no need to ever be using any of those harmful pesticides or anything like that. And there's all natural things to prevent pests, like planting certain herbs near vegetables that uh, pests don't like, and uh, doing certain things like using copper sulfate um, put into the soil or applied via drip irrigation, and that is a natural pest deterrent, and it's also going to make your food much more copper rich, which is a nutrient we're very uh, deficient in. Yeah, copper sulfate, that's a new thing I've gotten into myself. What? So as far as I understand, as far as deficiencies go with like the human population, the two big ones are copper, magnesium, and I guess you could throw like vitamin A in there too. Yeah, vitamin A as well. And um, yeah, I recently learned about this as well. For the last six months or so, I've been... Uh, doing copper sulfate and uh, breaking that down into uh, one milliliter drops that I put on um, and that is really great and what I've recently learned is you want to match the amount of copper with the with zinc so um, copper to zinc ratio say you're doing 40 milliliters of copper you're doing 40 of zinc as well How, what would be a good zinc, a zinc addition to your regimen then like straight up yeah just a good zinc supplement uh that could be a liquid supplement um in a dropper or it could be in the pill form you just want to find something that's good third party tested and uh in general that prevents your zinc from being depleted from the copper because you got to think of the the body like a seesaw when you're introducing these things or subtracting things right um but really um the copper just so many benefits for the body you know I've come to learn that it's very good for balancing out the iron and removing excess iron from the body because mm. iron is kind of this thing that was pushed on us it's fortified in all the food it's actually a very low level that's needed in the body and when these higher levels are accumulated which is pretty much everyone in the population it can really cause some issues um, with how the body functions and signs of dis-ease appearing right right i've heard that more and more lately about 
but I've also heard of iron deficiencies, which is interesting. Uh, but I've heard a lot about people having too much. It's like, okay, avoid things like spinach, for example. Okay. No, yeah, this is all this is all good information. This and what's beautiful about what we do is like we're just constantly learning, constantly adapting, right? What we what else can we really do? Absolutely. Right? And you brought up another good point talking about um, our body being like a seesaw. And that's some that's something that always kind of deterred me, I guess, from from supplementation because then you're going to create imbalances if you go too heavy in something, right? So that's why you're saying if you're going to supplement with copper, you should also supplement with zinc. Yeah, and all this stuff can sound really complex, but, (laughs) you know, there's really like five main ones that are very essential for the body and the rest of these things you can really be a little more lax with as far as any other supplements you're doing. Of course, things like mushroom powders are great. Maybe you're using spirulina here and there, chlorella, those are all great. But the three main things, five main things are going to be stuff that, um, you know, your copper, good source of magnesium that can be, um, you know, magnesium um, in a carbonated form broken down. It can be in the pill form. Just a lot of magnesium is important. You want to be having a good whole food vitamin C supplement. Um, vitamin C is really important, but you want the form that's a whole food, organic vitamin C from something like Camu Camu or Acerola cherries. So that's going to be beneficial for you. And um, besides that, just trying to reduce your iron amounts. And um, vitamin K is really essential for teeth health, um, a healthy mouth. Vitamin E great for the body, something we're also very deficient in. So that's about five main ones. And uh, to recap, vitamin K, vitamin E, copper, magnesium, and uh, reducing iron consumption. Mm. Okay, good to know. Zinc as well with the copper in appropriate amounts. Sure, sure. Because everything that I've gathered over the past like three years of my health journey, I could say, is that dis-ease comes from either toxicity or deficiencies or both. And, you know, not to sound daunting, but a lot of us have both, I would say. So we got to do our due diligence to get those toxins out of us and then replenish with what we're deficient in. Absolutely, brother. I think that, you know, in this world, it's challenging right now. The lifetime we're growing up in there's a lot of pollutants a lot of chemicals we have to watch out for and older generations might not understand this because things were just more pure back then food was much more nutrient risk uh, nutrient rich there was less pesticides less things like that to watch out for and today we just got to be we got to be on top of things and educated knowledgeable and taking steps such as maybe water fast here and there, um, heavy metal detox, parasite cleanses, all of this, you know, working that in every year or so if we can and really cleansing and detoxing the body. Right. And that's something obviously, you know, that I'm big on. I used to be, well, I shouldn't say I used to be, I do one long juice fast every year because I know I need healing in my gut and in my intestines, like just all throughout my like digestive tract. Right. But now I feel, I'm feeling more partial to doing like a week here, a week off, a week there, you know, kind of thing. Like do do shorter ones, 
it seems like that lucky number seven is a nice number. Like seven's like a very biblical and like, you know, sacred number, right? Whether that's water fasting or doing some sort of a juice fast. Periodic fasting, periodic cleansing is only going to be beneficial for us, in my opinion, that is. I agree. And the other benefit is you save a little bit of money on the food you're not <laughs> eating for a bit. So if you're like me and you, you know, uh, sourcing high quality organic produce and different things like that, it can it can add up and we got to do things that we can to save a little here and there. So that's definitely helpful if you're not eating for seven days. Absolutely. <laughs> and tell me, tell me a little bit more, man. Talk to me about organic versus non-organic. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate that there's even a word like organic. We should just know that our food is, food is pure and uh, there would never be pesticides or any adulteration in any way. Um, but organic just gives us a little more peace of mind. There is, there is flaws in that system and there is loopholes. But the main thing is you want to um, have that certification and have that knowing that your food is not having certain pesticides applied to it. It's being grown in a certain manner. And it's really important in general to um, be avoiding some of these very harmful pesticides like glyphosate which is one of the 300 or so that's put on and there's some that are even more toxic than that to our health and our soil um, round up all of those things that are being used so it's really important to have that peace of mind and beyond organic would be growing your own food establishing relationships with farmers where you can touring their farms seeing how it's done um, because there is flaws in the organic system a lot of times you're seeing more and more strawberries, tomatoes, stuff like that grown in Mexico. And um, doesn't have to be Mexico alone, but the problem is this is being uh, grown in greenhouses. So a lot of these things are not seeing the sun, such as the tomatoes and strawberries. So we're getting a product that's really lacking in nutrients because the sun is so vital for the health of the plants and the vegetables being grown. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've heard about these, like, quote-unquote loopholes to get organic. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little scary, too, because you'll see companies, I'm sure you're familiar with Driscoll's Berries. Mm -hmm. You'll see their organic right next to a non-organic box. Right, I've always Big been box curious. box of strawberries, and it's like, okay, how is that being, who's looking over that, and how easy would it be for those to get switched up or for them to not be doing things too ethically? Right, right. <laughs> Because I've all, I've wondered about that, like yeah. the same farm having organic versus non-organic. Yeah, brother, and things such as organic Monster Energy drink, that's some bullshit right there. <laughs> organic Hershey's chocolate, you know, so that's all, a, that's all a scam. So we have to look at the companies and look at their track record and think, is this company ethical? Are they just jumping on a bandwagon, putting something that is a little cleaner out that's still very toxic? Right, right. Organic's like kind of a buzzword right now. You know, just having that attached to whatever you're selling. Yeah, I wish it was simpler for us at this time, but really best thing you can do is go to your farmer's market, support good organic local farms, and uh, grow your own food, whatever you can do. Maybe it's sprouting some some sprouts on your countertop or growing some uh, some vegetables on your balcony or some different herbs, or maybe it's having a multiple acre garden there's a lot of potential and opportunity there. Mm -hmm. What do you got in your garden now? What are you, what are you cooking up? 
Yeah, so to give a little intro on that, uh, our growing environment in the Cuyamaca Mountains is 5,000 elevation. Uh, summers can be very hot and dry, and winters we can get very high amounts of snow and get dumped on 12, 15 degree nights. So we lose a lot in the winter, but what we're steadily growing year around is stuff like kale, cauliflower, chard, different greens, potatoes seem to do well in the winter. And then our spring and summertime crops that seem to do well are eggplant, zucchini, squash, lots of tomatoes. We have a lot of good different herbs growing and uh, bell peppers. Right now we're really looking to build up our soil because it's very dry and clay-like. So we're gonna be, uh, we do the earthworm castings and we're introducing copper sulfate to our soil. And we also mulch with fresh tree trimmings several times a year, which adds a dense layer of protection from the heat and also uh, provides some nutrients and ground cover for the garden and the soil. Mm, so good. Have you heard, have you looked into effective microorganisms at all? I haven't. That might be, tell me a little bit about that brother. Yeah. So uh, I had John Kohler on uh, the podcast. I don't know if you got a chance to check that one out, but he's got one of the biggest, if not the biggest home gardening channels on YouTube. Oh, yeah, so he's really good to check out. Uh, effective microorganisms. It's just like a, a solution that you put into that you spray, like you combine it with water, and you okay. spray it on your on your on your uh, crops, basically. Very cool. So um, you're you're giving them the microorganisms. So I don't I don't want to speak on it too much because I don't yeah. really know. <laughs> I just I'm just curious if you've heard of that, but um, it's supposed to really help out your garden along with um, rock dust. I don't know if you've looked into that at all, but I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll um I'll, I'll I'll pass you along his channel because he's got a lot of great information about like really building his garden, and I, I like I said I had him on and I was like, <laughs> I I didn't realize until like towards the end of the episode I'm like wait a minute I gotta like stop here and be like John's garden's like my dream, <laughs> it's incredible what this guy has, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken he's like somewhere in the desert or Vegas or something so wow. it's not like something you know not like a great area quote-unquote to be growing food but no it's cool so i'll definitely pass that along and yeah. your your garden's coming along though yeah it's inspiring you know that growing climate of las vegas or phoenix anything like that that shows you anyone can do that there's really no excuses that's tough soil to work with and i really think that you know we all really need to be paying attention uh to our food supply our own food supply are we stocked up do we have access to these things because if we're paying attention we're going to see that the government's putting out statements you know the signs are there that there is a manufactured food shortage things are being done to create this issue and we don't have to look at it from a fear-based lens but we can look at it from an intelligent lens if one they're telling us this we see the signs physically with our eyes it might be smart to say stock up on lots of honey, stock up on lots of grains, establish connections with your local farmers, start growing your own food, stock up on seeds, you know, because these things are gonna be really important. So I just wanna put that out there that, uh, you know, whatever you can do to have some food sovereignty, food, water, you know, that is so important. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because 
well, I guess you shouldn't say funny, but I, I got like three of those big giant bags of quinoa just like ready on deck for whenever I need it. You know what I mean? But stocking up on honey, that's also a good one because I'm hooked on honey and there's a lot of great stuff out there. Like just diving into what you said earlier about, you know, supporting your local farms and like getting to farmers markets, researching, you know, I know a lot of us, we ended up going to like Vons or Jewel or like Whole Foods, which is, you know, it's fine. But like, if you really just make an effort, that extra effort, it's, you're going to benefit yourself and benefit our economy, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the things with these stores, even stuff like Sprouts, which is a pretty, pretty good grocery store compared to some of the other ones, this produce is just sitting around so long and things like spinach or mushrooms pretty much right when they're picked they lose their nutritional benefits and they just keep losing it as it sits and another thing I learned recently which is pretty concerning is that all of your greens that are in the boxes such as spring mix you know your spinach in the box it's all packaged up tight you've got a pound of greens that's all um, gassed to make it last longer really so that's a process that's done with the greens so what i've learned recently is you want to be buying a whole leaf so whole leaf romaine whole bunch of spinach you know whole bunch of charter greens rather than things that are uh you know the baby greens in the container bagged yeah. yes mm-hmm. uh same thing with baby carrots those will be um marked as organic there is a certain type of chemical if they use on them to uh get that shape and formation which I, is pretty toxic. Yeah, I was uh, baby carrots are an interesting one. I, I was tell I was trying to explain to this to somebody recently, and she was saying that she has baby carrots all the time. And they're mm. organic. I'm like, stay away from those. Yeah, they're like it's almost like they're like. Tell me more about that. I don't want to misspeak. So like, I think this goes back to what we were talking about, like the false falsehood in the organic labeling, like something that's labeled organic that's still being used. Um, toxically it's being produced in that way right. a chemical is breaking it down the chemical is soaking into the carrots so you know the fact that that can be labeled as organic I think we just have to really be on guard with our discernment and uh, be looking into those things yeah no absolutely I wanted to backtrack a little bit and then I want to dive into you know what you do and and, and cooking can you talk a little bit more about um, like the benefits of superfoods such as like cacao and and mushrooms? Yeah, so I'll start with cacao. I'm really grateful uh, to have cacao in my life. About a year ago, I became a cacao practitioner with one of the most ethical companies I've found called Keith's Cacao. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sourcing their cacao from Lake Atiklan and uh, the Guatemala high mountain region. And they have a group of women who are local in the community who hand peel all of the cacao and then it is processed. And they have a chocolate shaman, his name is Keith. And he is going to different farms and searching out for the best cacao that's pesticide and chemical free, that has the energetics you're looking for because cacao is plant medicine. It's very heart opening. It is one of the most subtle forms of, uh, you know, healing that's out there. And when you drink it every day, you're really connecting with the cacao spirit, which is super high in magnesium. It's high in essential minerals and nutrients. Great for focus, clarity. Um, 
the great thing I love about it is it really increases your blood flow and if you're pairing it with other nutrients you're going to be getting about 50% more of those nutrients so that's why I specifically will put stuff like mushrooms, maca root, hishawu, all of that is going to I'm going to absorb more when I'm pairing it with the cacao mm. so it's amazing in that way yeah and I was going to say a cacao has kind of um been nudged to the forefront as far as like a coffee substitute yeah yeah it's you know coffee can have benefits in the right amounts and taken for a certain reason but i would really say that cacao is a great coffee alternative it's low in caffeine and it has a lot of feel-good uh neurotransmitters in the brain such as the theobroma and a little fun fact about cacao you know we got to think back to why these things were named certain things. Uh, Theobroma cacao is the Latin name which translates to food of the gods. So that's pretty powerful there. Wow, I love that. Someone once told me that mangoes were the fruit of the gods. Oh, <laughs> might have to do a mango cacao soon. Ooh, all right, all right. We just, just raised the divine after consuming that. Oh. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's awesome to know about cacao because I've, I've been kind of behind the train on cacao a little bit i bought some of the keith beans from you at one mm -hmm. point kind of eating them straight up but no yeah i'm very curious about it because i as i said just having being a part of your ceremonies has just been incredible like some of the best or is the best i've ever had <laughs> yeah you know what we can do too because i get a lot of questions from people who purchase my cacao you know how do i prepare this what is the recipe you know how do I work with it especially if you're having the cacao beans versus a big block of cacao paste so what we can do is I can give you a link to those recipes or whatever else that you can attach this podcast to absolutely that'd be great and then yeah I would love to learn a little bit more about the like medicinal mushrooms like just what are some of the benefits that people can hope to Achieve. Yeah, so some of my favorite ones that you really want to be honing in on and looking for, these can be in, you know, an extract form or they can be a blend of different mushrooms. Cordyceps, really great for oxygenating the blood. Olympic athletes use that uh, for blood flow and to be more alkaline, to take bigger breaths, all of that. Uh, reishi, we know is a great one, a lot of benefits there. Chaga, lion's mane looks just like a brain um, just really great for brain development health mental clarity turkey tail I recently began giving that to my dog really great for any uh, cancerous looking lumps or any type of inflammation in the body it lowers that our dog uh, recently got an infection we think she got scratched by a cat so along with her raw dog food, we've been putting stuff like uh, turmeric powder, turkey tail, that kind of thing. So that's turkey tail there. Maitake, a great culinary mushroom, really great for health. Shiitake and oyster. So those are some of the ones you really want to hone in on, focus on. And if you're getting a mushroom, you know, you're getting a supplement, really try to look on the back, contact the company. Is this grown on a wood log? Question number one. Is this, uh, is this the fruiting body, 100% mushroom fruiting body, or is this the mycelium network? So those are two questions right there. Is it organic? Can I see the third-party testing? So mushrooms can have a lot of you know, um, different things in there, heavy metals, depending where they're grown. 
maybe they're in China, so you do want to watch out for certain things if the process isn't as clean. Mm. But just mm. so great for the body. Um, mushrooms on a daily basis, especially when you have it in your cacao, it's really a nice combo. I'm very grateful. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the, the, the tips on that because mushrooms are kind of getting mainstream almost. So if, you, if it, something's going mainstream, that means you might have to ask a little more questions. Yeah, brother. And last thing on the mushrooms too is any mushrooms you're getting from the store, you know, they're just, they lose their potency as far as medicinal benefits pretty short after they're uh, picked. So it happens pretty quickly. So how I think of it, it, I use mushrooms all the time in my cooking, but I'm not relying on them for the nutrients that I'm looking for. So it's more of a flavor additive. It's a really nice thing, but I know for example, with my mushroom powder, I'm going to be getting a lot more of those benefits because it's put into an extract form right when it's picked and it's those nutrients are preserved. So when I'm uh, doing culinary mushrooms or getting mushrooms from the store, such as your common white button mushrooms, portobello, brown beech mushrooms, those are all going to be pretty devoid of nutrients, just like things like spinach from the supermarket. So really try to just be supplementing with some type of mushroom if you're really looking for the benefits that mushrooms offer. For sure. And that's I'm glad you brought that up as far as like fresh picked. And I, we kind of touched on that earlier with the spinach and like um, and like heads of lettuce and stuff like that. Because that's something I look for as well. Like is it harvested right away and processed right away? Quote unquote processed, right? So yeah, glad you brought that up. Now I want to jump into what you do for a living. So can you talk to me about like, I know you, you, you host or you help host retreats, like you do food as medicine. Can you dive into those things for me? Yeah. So first of all, my philosophy as a chef is I want to be nourishing people with what I'm cooking, the vibration I bring. I do a lot of catering. I teach large cooking classes, small cooking classes. I, uh, cook for retreats and I also facilitate retreats a lot of men's spiritual work and different community events and I want to bring the highest vibration with my food but also with me as an individual so a lot of times you know it goes pretty deep as a chef because you can look at it as just you know I'm catering this event or it can be looked at as I am bringing the nourishment I'm bringing the food for this event how I perform my attitude, the vibration I bring can be make or break for this event, for this family who's celebrating this special, maybe a 60th birthday for the mother, anything like that. And I'm bringing a really spiritual vibe because I want this to be something they remember forever. I love, I love seeing families cherishing these, these moments and having these celebrations together, having a beautiful dinner prepared for them and just coming together. It's, it's really spare special what I do and it's it's very spiritual work um, when you dive into it and look at it through that lens mm, I love that man and yeah like every time I'm so excited whenever I get to partake in something you've prepared just because I know the love that went into that and that's then we could start diving into like just going out to eat right like it's it's fun of course it is to go out to eat right but then you start to think about what is the energetic composition of the person that prepared that food especially if you're doing it a lot, you don't really know what that person's going to going through. And like you've been, just from what I've gathered in you, you seem to be very grounded and very in touch. And like when you're in, when you're set your mind to something, like you make sure you're in a good state. 
Yeah, absolutely, brother. It's so important when you're cooking for people to be in a high vibrational state. Cooking with love, you know, fear, anxiety, those type of things, stress, not something you want going into the food, not something you want others to see in you when you're preparing their food. So, you know, when, for example, when I'm doing a catering event, I do a lot of big parties, you know, people coming in San Diego, Airbnbs, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, big birthday celebrations, and I'll be cooking for 10 or 15 people sometimes. And, um, you know, from the moment I get there, I am being of service, whether it's helping them set the table, it's letting them know what wine pairings they want to pair their food with. I am going above and beyond and being of service, having a high vibration, it's really the whole package. And I'm even sure before I serve the food to do a silent prayer or blessing and really put my good vibrations into the food. So it, it goes pretty deep and you know, there is benefits and drawbacks to eating out at restaurants. There is some some ones I'll give my seal of approval for here in San Diego, such as Cafe Gratitude, um, Eve, Peace Pies, that type of thing. Um, but I do a lot of my own meal prep because at this point in my journey, I know a lot of restaurants are cooking with things such as seed oils like canola oil. They're deep frying things. They're cooking on Teflon pans or nonstick pans that are leaching chemicals. So it's just... You know, I choose to cook a lot of my own food because it's better, fresher, more nutrient-rich. But I'd say if you are going to go out to eat, just do so consciously. Do your research and at least try to find a place that's, you know, 100% organic if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you brought up something interesting about the, the pans, the non-steak pans, about them like leaching <laughs> metals and stuff into your food, which is an interesting one. Because I had been cooking with one for a while, and I didn't really think about it, and I finally got rid of it. I I think I think what I have now is ceramic or something like that. But what it, it basically I make sure I made sure to like read the label. It's like all right, is this yes? You know, there can be a lot of trickery with cookware. My best recommendations would be um, good quality cast iron um, is one option. My favorite is stainless steel. You can get different quality stainless steel. Surgical grade is going to be your best. There's different thicknesses. But in general, 100% stainless steel is going to be really good. It doesn't leach much. It's um, it's very, very sturdy. Lasts a long time. Yeah. I put mine through a lot of different cooking classes and events. And uh, in general, ceramic is great as well. You just want to make sure you know, there's no different coatings on things that they add on, like non-stick coating on a ceramic pan. That's where they can get you with the coating that they put on top of the pans. Right. And okay. Might have to buy have a new pan. <laughs> yeah. So just, just some of those things we have to be mindful of. I know there's a lot, but knowledge is power, right, brother? It is, man. It's <laughs> it's like sometimes it can be overwhelming. I know when you're talking to your brother about this, like <laughs> about how we were like our community was kind of the alternative health community yes. and now it's the alternative alternative health. That's right, brother. <laughs> yeah, we uh for anyone who doesn't know, my brother Nick is uh an amazing individual. Very grateful to have him. He is uh an Oregon pyramid builder organite pyramids and he works with the Oregon energy which was developed by William Reich and a few others and it harnesses 
um, powerful energy with these pyramids and devices that uh, harmonizes the energy fields that we're being presented with and uh, is really good for harmonizing EMFs and different things like that. So at this time, we've got a lot of concerns with 5G, EMFs, those type of things. Definitely should check out my brother's amazing work. Absolutely. I'll put a link in the description about that too. I know where I'm going if uh, the shit hits the fan, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Will you take me? No, totally kidding. Yeah, we've got quite the sanctuary in the Cuyamaca Mountains. Uh, you know, so grateful to be there. We've got a lot of sovereignty, always working on it. We're hoping to get some chicken soon. And yes, uh, I always get a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, slack from my family because I have about three or four pantries and I'm very stocked up on everything. Um, <laughs> I tell them it's a good thing and you guys should be grateful, but it can tend to get a little cluttered with my uh, my personality. He's prepped. You're prepped. Up on food. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So um, yeah, where where can people find you? Like if they, if they wanted to, you know, come out to see you or like hire you when you're here. Yeah. When so they're here, I should say. My brother Rod just helped me create a wonderful website. So it's brand new and it is www.namastechef.net. Instagram is great. It's going to be namastechef9 for more of a public account. And for my strictly culinary account, that's going to be namastechef444. Let's go, let's go. And we, so I was actually blessed enough to be invited out to uh, your place out in the Cuyamaca Mountains uh, for your recipe testing on us, on, on a few of us. And it was such an, first of all, it was an honor to be there. So you got a recipe book coming out soon, yeah? Yeah. Are you working so, on it? Um, about three years into this project, I'm co authoring a holistic cookbook with my good friend Sherry, who is a very established author. And uh, Sherry and I met uh, when she booked one of my cooking classes for her boyfriend's birthday. And uh, from there, we really hit it off. And she asked me if I wanted to co-author a cookbook with her. So three years later, we're now on uh, finish up the final recipe testing, going through two times, testing all 95 plus recipes. And uh, we're going to be looking for publishers soon and getting that worked out to the world. But a little intro, it's going to be primarily plant-based, um, holistic cookbook, really embodying food as medicine, let thy food be thy medicine, and um, using different superfoods. It dives into growing your own food, supporting local farmers, cooking with kids, even getting your kids involved with cooking. And we really dive into a lot of different things, such as things you want to avoid in your food, cookware that you want to use and not use all of that so it's really kind of like a culinary culinary bible the culinary bible health and wellness yeah do you have the title for it yet still thinking of some titles but uh i'd love to get some feedback from different listeners on ideas because i'm very open-minded to that okay the holistic bible <laughs> okay i'd well... love to get let thy food be thy medicine somewhere in there Mm -hmm. Maybe a subtitle. The subtitle. Like that. yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Powerful. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And as I said, I was blessed to be able to be a part of the, the recipe process. Uh, selfish me was like, can we do, can we test another one, one more weekend? <laughs> yeah, brother. I'm uh, very grateful for our friendship. And there's lots of uh, community meals to come. I see myself 
having the opportunity to cook for you at a retreat pretty soon. And let's go. Yeah, hopefully we can attend some different things together and community events coming up. I know there's some wonderful things coming. Absolutely, absolutely. So I had a couple more questions for you. Yeah, man. Um, so first question would be, and once again, thanks for for sharing and all your knowledge, man. I'm so grateful that you're here. Last couple questions here. If you had a megaphone that reached everybody in the world right now, what would you say? That's a great question. I would um I would really preach something that's similar to God's law. You know, the golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated. That's really deep if you think about it and uh we can really go a long way with that. Love is peace. Although we do have to be warriors at this time, those are some amazing things I'd say that are very simple and profound. Absolutely. I love that. It's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? That's right, brother. <laughs> no, that's so true. Something as simple as just like treat people how you want to be treated. It's, you know, that's, that's all you really need. Yeah, man. Do no harm to others. It's such simple things, but it's, very profound. Right. Some so often the biggest questions have the simple simplest answers, right? Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you for that answer. And then last question. If you could have a juice or mushroom tea with anybody in history, who would it be? Oh. This one comes pretty easy to me. It would be Lao Tzu. Great um, answer. Yeah. I really love the Tao Te Ching and such practical essays on uh, on life and irony and how to stay grounded and leveled-headed at all times. Love it. Let's go. Such a great answer. I've been waiting for someone to say Lao Tzu, man. Yeah, where has he been? <laughs> where has he been? Yeah, because I was really big into the Taoist principles for a long time. A long time is a relative way of putting it, of course. But still am. And read that book if you haven't. It's like 50 pages. It's not even 50 pages. It's basically like a poetry book for fi like 50 pages, right? Like the Tao Te Ching. It's basically ancient Chinese philosophy. Yeah, a way of being. It's not a religion. It's just a way of conducting yourself in the world and being at peace with yourself and others. And you mentioned that you were reading uh, Wayne Dyer's variation of that, right? I was reading, I read, so the author that I'm really into, is his name is Daniel Reed. Okay. So Daniel Reed's got an interesting story. So he was, he's an American, and I think it was probably like the 70s or 80s or something. I don't know the exact time frame, but he just became like obsessed with Eastern traditions. And so he left after college, if I'm not mistaken, he got like an Eastern philosophy uh, degree or something like that. And he just moved to uh, an Asian country. I can't remember if it was Thailand or or, some, or Taiwan or something like that. And he studied under a Taoist master for like t 10 plus years or something like that. And um, maybe even longer. And then he came back to write about it for a Western audience. So it's a really good uh, – all of his books are so good. The, the best one that I've read so far is um, The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity. Oh, yes. So good. It covers basically all the bases that you need. Like it took me like a year to read that book because it's so hard to digest because it's like, all right, I want to read that over again. 
So, so deep. Talks about foods, juices, breath work, uh, exercises, and just like all all the good stuff and like sexual practices of the Taoists. Yep. Um, little Montauk Chia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we they talk about Montauk Chia a little bit. A fascinating subject. How like the Taoists they count their they they count two things men do as far as their lifespan, and that's uh, breaths. Like you, you are, you count your breaths instead of age and you count your ejaculations. Yes. <laughs> so like, like the more you do that, the less you're going to live, which is kind of, it's a fascinating, fascinating subject. If you're, if you're interested in learning about, um, the Taoist principles, it's a really fascinating read. That's our chi, our life voice energy as males, you know, we got to harness and save it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put it. You guys save that stuff. Uh, well, Jordan, man, thank you so much for coming here, dude. Such an honor having you here. The, the st- in the van, pretty cool. Feels good to be back here. I, I might have to revisit this thing. What do you think, guys? <laughs> yeah, brother, it's been so nice chatting with you and so grateful for you, for the community. I appreciate everybody who's listening today and Sending you all so much love and good vibes and a great week ahead. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Holy moly. I hope you all took some notes with that one. I might have to re-listen to that one myself. If I could sum up that episode in one word, it would just be, wow. Thank you, Jordan, for gracing my van and my show with your presence, your knowledge, your wisdom, and research. Jordan and his family, they're so special to me. Jordan, Nick, Kristen, Mary, love you all, and I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. Now, folks, if you ever find yourself in San Diego, you're going to want to book Jordan for your week or weekend getaway or your retreat, but do not wait on it. One of my favorite pieces of information and advice that Jordan shared was how to source your food. The questions you need to ask your farmers, the questions you need to ask the supplement companies that you're buying from, and even touring the farms. We really want to get as close to the source as possible. So thank you for your tips on that. Also, remember the main minerals and nutrients that we need to look out for, like magnesium, copper, zinc, and being mindful of your iron, and the vitamins A, C, K, and E. Apparently, I got some work to do. (laughs) So once again, thank you, Jordan. Remember to check out our Instagrams in the description box, as well as Nick's Organite page. Next up on Raw Talk on the Road is the first official episode where I am the guest. My friend, entrepreneur, business owner, Daniel Hack, hosted me on his show, The Gratitude Podcast. So I thought I'd share with my listeners and understand a little bit of my story. So don't miss that one. Also, when you're ready for your next juicer, click the link in the description box and grab the Nama J2 for 55 bucks off with code JEREMY10. It's the game-changing, the time-saving, the load-and-walk-away juicer, the best one I've ever used. Get on it now while supplies last. Don't forget to hit that subscribe and notification bell so you don't miss an episode. And please leave a good, raw review. Intro and outro music by Bureaucratic. You can check out the link in the description box so you can support him. And once again, the only time is right now. So thank you for using your right now by being here with me and Jordan. Drive safe.